0: Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, May the 24th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B of the Revised Common Lectionary, and we are leaving behind the season of Easter, and we're entering into this long season called Ordinary Time. Like, I really wish they would have come up with something else other than, well, this is just Ordinary Time. But before we get into, like, the the dog days of ordinary time this is actually Trinity Sunday coming up so on the Mondays of the week we'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage and we're going to go to a familiar place Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 8 so let me read that passage provide a couple points for reflection and then we'll spend our time praying along its theme thanks for making this party a morning I when our eyes let's allow our souls to rise me God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips. And My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. This is the word of God for us. On the 24th of May in the year 1738, John Wesley writes in his diary that his heart was strangely warmed. And he had an awareness of God's presence in his life. Now, it's true that John Wesley grew up in a Christian home. His father was a vicar in the Anglican Church in England. But um, as a student at Oxford and one who was studying to be clergy, even practicing ministry, he sensed that he was just going through ritual and through um, different motions of the faith. But it wasn't until 24th of May, 1738, that his heart was strangely warmed. What a statement there, right? He had an awareness, like an unveiling of the Holy God working in his life, and I think it's great for a day like this um, as we look at this text in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah's got a strange structure to it. Um, here is the commission of Isaiah, but it's the sixth chapter in, and we have all these different passages and warnings of woe before we get to Isaiah chapter 6, and so the scenery is already set. We don't have a character yet. We don't really have a hero of the text. Right? And so here is uh Israel in its decrepit state. And we by this time we're like asking ourselves, what's God gonna do about this? Like who is God gonna like send in the middle of this mess to try to bring it back to a better place? So in walks Isaiah, and he is someone who's participating in the temple ministry. He's doing his daily duties, his common daily duties before the Lord, and there is a great what we would call a theophany of the heavens. His eyes are open and he sees this great demonstration of God's nearness within the temple and here he hears the angels seraphim calling back and forth holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty and he wants to join them but he can't because he realizes that he is unclean and so perhaps the angels are inviting him to join in and maybe they're surprised because he's not joining in but Isaiah's honest Um, he is not ritually clean he can't join in and so an angel takes a coal from the altar and purifies his lips, and therefore he's able to sing along with them. It's shortly after this purification rite, a strange one, that, that God asks a question, Who shall go for us? Do you notice the the pronoun there? Like, Who shall go for me? Who shall go for us? Perhaps this is why uh, the lectionary divines decided to put Isaiah chapter 6 in this Sunday, this Trinity Sunday of the church year. Because here... There's this interesting admission from God in the Old Testament of a plurality. And so we could talk longer, and it might be better just for you to Wikipedia, uh, the doctrine of the Trinity, and you get the gist in the background and the different missteps that we often take when we're trying to describe how is God, uh, one God in three persons. But here we have one of these utterances um, where God calls out and he seems to refer to a plurality of a divine community. But this is a a puzzling call for Isaiah uh, because God has shown himself as one who was holy and above. Uh, Isaiah has shown himself as one who was lowly and who who should be excluded, who needed to be purified in order to stay in that presence. But God here expresses a need. It's not that God is in somebody else's debt. He's just saying, who's going to go for us? Who shall we send? This is a common trope in many of the Near East ancient literature in Mesopotamia area. This is called an incantation passage where um, God gives uh, some sort of a posting, like an online posting of help wanted. Who would like to join me? And Isaiah says with his with all the boldness that he could fit into his hands, with all the boldness he could stuff in his heart, he says, here I am, send me. What a picture of what uh, Christian leadership and uh, what Christian discipleship looks like. Here we come face-to-face with God in our own lives, and as we begin to see the height, the width, and the depth of the love of God, we also see that it's a response that begins to build inside of us. Uh, We receive from God, but then we also want to give back to God and to His mission. And so we give ourselves over to God. um, this is in common ways and this is in some uncommon ways, but nevertheless, in the, the panorama of our life, the trajectory of our life, God calls us and we say, yes, we yield to the things that God wants us to do. This brings us back to John Wesley. John Wesley, uh, he wasn't uh, very impressive. He was an average student. Uh, he had great discipline. He was a short, kind of uh, this wimpy-looking guy. For whatever reason, uh, whenever he... Since the love of God in his heart, his heart strangely warmed, he began to share the gospel of Christ and he began to push the boundaries of what church life was going to be. There seemed to be no end to what God would do through him. Many historians would suggest that England would not been, have been what it was if it wasn't for John Wesley and for the early Methodist movement. Perhaps my favorite thing that John Wesley ever did is that he had an inner, inner commitment to God and particularly in regard to generosity. He made a meager salary in, in his early days of ministry, and he gave 10% of it. And he committed to that for the rest of his life. He would live on that uh, that portion of his income that he first received as early clergy, no matter how much his income grew over time. And so he gave away just buckets and buckets of resources and finances in order to fund the ministry of the church. In fact, he said that um, if more than... just a meager sum was attached his name when he died that you could call him a liar and he did not live for the claims of the gospel Uh, john wesley was animated by generosity and so my my prayer for us as we reflect on his life and his contribution and how we see isaiah in his life and we see christ in his life is to examine our own reluctance and generosity are we willing to give and extend ourselves For the sake of the gospel, perhaps the God of love, the generous God that we pray to this morning would enlarge in our capacity to do so, so that the work of God would continue to spread to the ends of the earth. Let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that just like John Wesley, each of us have had an encounter with you, just like Isaiah, you've appeared to us, and we have since the room enlarged because of our life expands because of it. Our hearts have been strangely warmed, and I thank you that the warmth is because of your love for us. Jesus donated his life and all who he was in order to rescue and redeem a people of God's very own. So we thank you that you saw fit within your plan and the outworking of it to include us We know and we understand that you haven't just included us so that we can experience the niceties of the gospel, uh, forgiveness of sins, and the bliss of being at peace with God. You also ask us to respond with a social holiness where we look out into the world and we ask... God, may your kingdom come and will be done, and we confess to you this day that we want to be part of a worldwide movement where God is in charge and we put the world back to right. God, we know that the working, outworking of that is complicated, and it takes nuance, and it takes patience. And so God, this day, as we uh, speak with others and as we serve others, I pray that you'd bless our work. God, particularly in the grace of generosity, we pray that you increase our faith in this regard. I pray that as so much as we've been richly give or we've been we receive that we give back that it would be as jesus said a good measure a press down a shaken together and a running over so it could be poured out into others because so much and so many are the needs around us so put us in places today in the days ahead where we can give to others for their blessing and for their benefit and for your glory we ask all these things in Jesus' name amen